All right, G5 Football Daily for Athlon Sports. Joe Londrigan and Eric Henry, as usual. But we're going to have another fantastic guest today to break down some of the best group of five quarterbacks that we're going to see in 2023. Uh, You've probably heard his podcast before if you're already into the group of five, and especially if you're into the signal callers that uh, make this level of football so exciting. Uh, Mr. Steve Hamner, a.k.a. at QB Spotlight, is uh, joining us today. And Steve, it's great to get you on finally. I know we've, uh, you know, been admiring each other's work for for several years. But um, yeah, it's good to finally, you know, I think this is one of the first times that we've talked on video call. You were on the old show a couple of times, I think. Yeah, cor- correct. I think my first podcast ever was actually the old show like years ago. And we're like calling in on our phones, you know, or, or, or doing that. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it's exciting to get back on and, and chop it up with y'all too. Yeah, awesome, man. I know it's going to be it's going to be cool. And now you're down in uh, Austin, Texas at the moment, suffering through that heat. Hopefully yep. you're getting some relief along with the rest of the country here. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I told Eric he came on our show the, a few weeks ago and he's finally able to experience this Texas heat. It's just a little different. Um, but yeah, we're excited to, 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 to get it rolling. So. <laughs> so to kick things off with uh, the week zero slate here, we got a few games coming up this week. Uh, you know, obviously Navy and Notre Dame in Ireland, which we were just talking about, but uh, also got UTEP, Jacksonville State, Ohio, San Diego State. From this slate, what are you looking for in terms of quarterback play from some of these guys that are taking the field this uh, this weekend? Yeah, there's there, there's a few games that that stick out to me. Um, the first one is probably going to be just for the simple fact that Jacksonville State's first game in actual FBS is, is uh, UTEP and and Jacksonville State. Gavin Harrison is someone who we've probably talked about before, uh, but you know, got a big strong arm, has, has shown flashes, but has never really been consistent in the in the regard of one keeping keeping control and keeping care of the football and two, uh, just completion percentage in general, right? It's always been the lower end uh, of things. Uh, so if you can kind of clean that up and, and start with a good game against Jacksonville state, that would be you know great for UTEP to get back to that what 2021 form. Uh, it's probably best season uh, whenever, you know, it was them and UTSA really kind of taken off. So I think that's what I'm looking for with Gavin Hardison to kind of take that that initial steps uh, with consistency in, in, in this game. Then also uh, Zion Webb, the, the quarterback for Jacksonville State, has been there for a while. Uh, Eric will know this as well. I think they either they either beat FIU or came close to it a few a few years ago. I'll let him correct me or, or you, Joe, correct me on that. But he's finally able to, you know, be he, he's able to be the guy at this FBS level. He's always shown his ability to run the ball and be a good athlete. So now, kind of like Hardison, it's just that consistency factor. If you can get that completion percentage up, if you can cut down the interceptions, then you get that offense rolling. But he fits perfectly with that, you know, with that rich rod uh, offense. So that should be a fun, exciting quarterback matchup. I don't know if you'll have any any takes on that you'll want to touch on. But I'm looking forward to both those guys playing. Zion did uh, did play for uh, Jacksonville State when they beat FIU a couple years ago. Was that the same year that they beat uh, Florida State also? Uh, if my memory serves me correct, it was because I believe that was the COVID year. The reason I'm, I'm thinking it was, and Joe, you can fact check it while I'm just kind of giving my thoughts on what Steve said, is I'm remembering uh, the COVID restrictions in place in Tallahassee um, when they went down and beat uh, Florida State at Doak Campbell Stadium. So I'll let you fact check that while I'm – just going to quickly respond to some of the things that uh, that Steve um, mentioned there. I think it's a good call out, right, in terms of Zion Webb, right? We're talking about a seventh-year quarterback, someone who has been uh, around college ball for a very long time. Actually, uh, the the FIU game that you referenced, Steve, was the game that he got knocked out for the entire mm-hmm. season. The, rema- the remainder of that um, that spring or, or, or that or that um, 
that FCS season that they were playing. So of course that, you know, they only played X amount of games and went into the spring year. So uh, that allowed him to get this medical redshirt. You're really intrigued to see what he can bring. Cause Joe, I know, you know, this very well, uh, especially with Jacksonville state making the transition to FBS football, having a quarterback like Zion Webb, honestly, it makes Jacksonville state a threat. You know, I, in my mind, I think they're a team that you really should keep an eye on. You shouldn't sleep on. And, and Steve, I'll toss it back to you in the form of a question. Is it wrong of me to almost be kind of, you know, exacerbated with Gavin Hardison at this point? Because it's sixth year, right? Gavin's been around the block a long time. And we've been talking about strong arm. The folks down there in El Paso, Steve Kapowitz, Adrian Broadus, you know, ESPN 600 down there have said that he has some of the strongest arms you'll ever see uh, of a quarterback, right? but just really waiting to see him put it all together. Uh, we've talked about the different offenses and whatnot, but now, you know, he's been in the same offense for several years. So I'm just curious, you know, if you could just kind of opine on that a little bit, you know, Gavin, is do you just kind of see a quarterback of a guy who's got the, all the physical tools, but for whatever reason may not be consistent? Or do you think a, a guy who's in his sixth year can truly put it all together and kind of have that breakout year that, you know, I know minor fans have been expecting? Yeah, I definitely think that the possibility and the potential is there to to put all together, right? If you just look at some of these quarterbacks who, you know, start playing well later on the year, like if you want to use Kenny Pick as an example, right? Now, he didn't have the struggles and necessarily all the inconsistencies that Harrison had, but he wasn't this top-end pick by any means his first four or five years in, in school, right? It was really that last year coming back, being able to develop. So I certainly think there's potential there for Harrison to put it all together. You have two camps. You have camp one, believing in Gavin Harrison, believing you can develop into your sixth year, and you have another camp, camp two, who would be more like, hey, we've seen who he is. We've seen what the quarterback is. This is, is who he is, right? So depending what camp you fall into, if you're a minor fan, will depend on what your expectations are. But 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 me and, and just kind of our view of things, I'm always going to you know hold on, hope, if you will, that that potential is is there to take that next step. So I'll, I'll fall on camp one and, and saying, hey, I think he has the abilities there. Now just put it all together uh, and show this in, in year six. Year six still sounds kind of funny to talk about, but I guess in today's day and age of college football, it is what it is. It, it certainly does. You do have a few guys that are walking into that seventh year as well, but I'm sure we'll we'll get into them uh, a little further down the line. But that other game on the uh, COSA slate for Saturday night, you got UMass uh, paying a visit to New Mexico State in what will be their first as a member of Conference USA. But one of the guys that's playing in that game, Diego Pavia, obviously, uh, we, we talked to Jason Groves from the Las Cruces Sun News a couple of weeks ago about you know, what he's been able to do actually came out, you know, today, Tuesday, that uh, Pavia is, in fact, going to be the starter. Uh, they're going to have the uh, Texas A&M transfer playing uh, behind him. But have you had a chance to watch much uh, Diego Pavia film? And if so, what are you expecting from him this year? Yeah, I think so. Like last year, you know, the first time he's able to have that experience at, at that level, right? I know he split playing time with with the, the, the name uh kind of slips my mind but he split he's had split, uh, split playing time uh last year so now being able to have that experience and build on that experience I think is only a good thing plus you know mexico state making a bowl game last year the experience wasn't like they were it was failed experience you know what i mean it was like positive experience you made a bowl game had your best season and mexico state's had in, in, in a, quite some time and so i think if you're a new mexico state fan you just look for him to to build on that last season i don't have a a ton of adness a ton to add necessarily to to what you mentioned joe but i just think look at the experience it was good experience let's build on top of that and see if the mexico state can just repeat what they did last year before they even take next steps moving forward all right for this next one let, let's do a little exercise uh our 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 version of fmk bet start bench cut uh as mm -hmm. far as their matchups this weekend curtis rourke ohio at san diego state Javon Cordero at USC and um, Eric helped me out. Hawaii's guy, uh, their presumed starter at uh, Vanderbilt. 
Braden Shager. Yes. Yep. Bench start cut. Okay. Uh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely starting uh, Carswork from Ohio. Let's see. I'm benching Shavon Cor- uh, Cordero, and then I'm sorry to Hawaii, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to cut Braden Shager. Although I think he has uh, some potential to be a, a good quarterback this year, but I think the the two guys I picked are actually two of the top five or six quarterbacks in all the group of five. Uh, Eric, let's close this uh, week zero talk out with uh, the last matchup we haven't necessarily discussed too much, and that's FIU at Louisiana Tech. Um, obviously, we have uh, Grayson James coming into his second year as the full-time starter at uh, FIU. And then uh, another transfer guy that's picked up a lot of headlines in the offseason, making the start for Louisiana Tech here with Hank Bachmeyer coming from Boise State. What are you expecting from those two guys um, just for their season in general? I'll go ahead and, and jump into and talk a little bit about these two guys. Because I think it's it's interesting. Uh, it's an interesting matchup uh, for both schools. But if we're going to keep it just the quarterback spe- specific kind of talk, I think Grayson James has a shot to really get the season start off in a good way, right? Like last year, he showed glimpses, showed flashes, things he did really well. Uh, you know, I didn't they, didn't they didn't have the season that they wanted to last year. But even against some of the closer teams at times, like UTSA, they were keeping the game close uh, to towards the end of the of the of that game. So I think Grayson James had a a ton of good quality experience and he was able to see live bullets. I think some improvement areas, which again comes with experiences is pushing the ball downfield a bit more. I think that can open up some, some, some underneath type throws. There are times where, you know, I think you're so depending on how you coach or depending on the offense, you're so like, Hey, let me check down. Let me check down. Uh, let me hit the short route. But I think pushing the ball downfield is something that could benefit James. And um, also just the fact that he's a good athlete. I think we can, you can kind of uh, improvise and, and make some throws. That maybe other quarterbacks can't make. Right. So I think FIU for them to have the season that they want to have and surprise people, uh, Grayson James, needs to take that next step. And I think he's more than capable of taking that next step. And, and when it comes to Hank Bachmeyer, I'll just touch on him real quick, AE, before you, you jump with him. He's someone who I'm not comparing him to to Hardinson, but, uh, Gavin Hardison, but I'm comparing him to kind of the topic of is he developing or is he or is he the quarterback who he's been the past few years, right? He, he, he came on the scene with a great freshman year. Everyone knows about that, that keeps up with football. But he hasn't necessarily take that like huge step forward that you would expect a, a four-star recruit to take at the quarterback position. So I think La Tech being a different school, new chance of scenery, I think now if you're a, a La Tech fan, you're hoping that he lives up to the hype that he had coming out in, in high school. So, you know, both quarterbacks looking to get started on a good fit. Uh, James looking to build an experience, and then Hank Bachmeyer looking to live up to that four-star potential, which I think he definitely does does have. And, and I think as of now, I think La Tech's like an 11-10 point favorite. So um, for for – I know y'all don't talk gambling for anyone out there. I think depending what quarterback you like more may may end up where you kind of lean on that. Steve, really quick, can I come back to something you said? Uh, yeah. You, you talked about Hank Bachmeyer. You, the way you phrased it was, you know, him kind of living up to that four-star potential. Um, did you, and again, there's no right or answer. I just generally want your, your thoughts. What did you make of Hank Bachmeyer's last year and change of college football? Because, I mean, if it feels like, We've seen him be the guy, you know, early on his first career start goes to Doke Campbell Stadium, picks up a win against Florida State and has some success. But uh, again, you know, they've gone with Taylor Green in the last kind of year and change hasn't necessarily been ideal. So just curious, you know, what do you make of Hank Bachmeyer's last year and change of college football? Yeah, I think I think there's a few things. One, you know, he had a new coaching staff, right? So new coaching staff comes in, they're not necessarily tied to Hank Bachmeyer. Uh, and, and then two, I think 
some of this is is I think Bachmeyer. I don't know if he got hurt last year or, or just struggled, but there's some you know different things going on that allowed Taylor Green to be the full time guy. And Taylor Green came in and had a pretty good season. Uh, we'll talk about Taylor Green later on, but Taylor Green came in and and did what he was supposed to do, used his legs, and showed that he has the ability to pass as well. So I think I think it's more on okay, Taylor Green's a pretty good quarterback as opposed to Bachmeyer not being a good quarterback. If that makes sense, and, and he probably just as of now hasn't lived up to that big four star expectations, right? Like anytime a, a four star recruit goes to a group of five school, you know, it's kind of uncommon. So you have these like huge expectations placed on you. And so for whatever reason, it just didn't work out consistently at Boise State. So I think that, that this change of scenery at La Tech, you know, La Tech coming off, off the year they had last year, it can really only go up, you hope. If you have a quarterback like Bachmeyer who has the talent, and now you have a coach that can kind of get all that talent out so you can kind of reach that ceiling, I think is what La Tech is, is hoping here. So uh, just because it didn't work out at Boise State, I don't even think that necessarily means it won't work out at, at La Tech. It's just like, like we've talked about in a lot of these quarterbacks, it's just that consistency factor. Can you play consistent? Can you play up to his potential? potential uh more times than not yeah no steve and joe for you two i think steve kind of to nail on the head there in terms of it definitely being a new system and if you look at what hank bachmeyer did wasn't necessarily an air raid system at boise state but definitely was a little bit more air and air it out and geared more towards his strengths as a passer as opposed to what Taylor green is looking to do behind center so i do agree with, with, with that assessment i think he's in a, a great place joe uh, at down there in Ruston. I'm actually going to get a chance to make the uh, the trip to Ruston. I am heading back to Florida to pick up my car and I got to drive it uh, across country, to get back to Austin. And guess what? The route just coincidentally takes me <laughs> through uh, Ruston, which uh, for those of you who are maybe familiar with Ruston, Louisiana, probably wondering how in the hell does a route take you through uh, <laughs> Ruston? It's a very small town, but yeah, the route takes me um, uh, through Alabama, through Mississippi, and through Shreveport. And, you know, not too mm. far from Shreveport is Ruston, Louisiana. So I'm going to hope to uh, stop in there, make it by game time, and uh, check out the Panthers one last time. Um, you know, I, I, we'll see if I get a chance to check them out another time this year. But uh, in transition to Grayson James, yeah, I mean, I think the big thing with Grayson, it really depends on who you ask, right? It, it's really funny, Joe. I had a chance to be uh, down here on the ground in Texas, you know, with an awesome like Steve. And I've had a chance to, you know, now working for my, my current role, of course, 24-7 sports, talk with some recruiting analysts who cover Grayson, you know, in high school. And, and some of them, quite frankly, the opinion's been split. Uh, Steve, I think you may find this interesting. Some people have said, hey, he looks the part, but didn't really think he was that good and thought that was why his recruitment uh, played a factor, uh, his recruitment installed as a factor. Me personally, and Grayson came out in the COVID year, and you can just look at the recruitment of all quarterbacks post-COVID, post-transfer portal era, it's no secret that teams nowadays are just choosing, if they don't get their guy, their number one target out of high school, they're just choosing to go to the transfer portal. Quarterback recruiting as a whole has been affected as a result. Um, my personal opinion on Grayson, yes, I'm biased, having covered him for through two seasons, um, but you do see all the physical tools. Yes, he does have to clean up the footwork, Joe. Yeah, um, Steve, you can probably talk about this in, in specificity as far as footwork and the the factor that that plays in quarterback play and specifically accuracy and mechanics. But sometimes you can look at Grace and Joe and one throw doesn't look like the next throw, right? And a lot of that does come back to the footwork that David Yost and company are trying to clean up. But in specificity to this week zero matchup, if he can get those things cleaned up, uh, Grace and James has the talent to be a, a definitely a top level group of five starter and listen he's gonna have to do it this year because they have the three-star recruit who they're very excited about and Kiwan Jenkins who was a former Auburn signee but you know his, his, and things ended up switching when the coaching change happened 
they've been very high on Kiwan since day one, since the day they signed him. I remember I was still covering FIU at the time and uh, at early signing day, Mike McIntyre began his press conference with lights out and he yelled lights out to the media and, and they had a staffer mockingly, you know, turn the lights off and on to mimic that, that lights out nickname of, of Kiwan Jenkins. So he's someone who seemingly has already secured the backup quarterback job. Uh, so if, 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 if Grayson James gets off to a slow start, uh, the, the, you know, the quarterback one job at FIU could go to, to Kiwan Jenkins. So something to keep an eye on uh, for both you guys. Hmm. I think he'll develop. It, it doesn't necessarily surprise me that uh, someone who ended up going to FIU, and I say this with all the respect that I have for FIU, it doesn't surprise me that a signee of theirs didn't get a lot of recruiting hype. Um, but it's, again, with someone like Grayson who has the physical gifts that he has and the measurements that he has, um, and especially when they come on kind of later in that puberty cycle, as they do for a lot of these high school kids, he'll grow into it, I think. But, you know, we'll see. Um, Steve, you mentioned some of the guys that we talked about were some of the best uh, quarterbacks in your mind in the group of five. I asked you before we uh, you know, recorded tonight if you could prepare your top five quarterbacks in the group of five. Uh, dazzle us. Enlighten yeah. us. Who are yeah. your group of five? <laughs> Top you, you you want me you want me to to just roll through or to kind of touch on each guy? Uh, let's go five to one. Touch you know as much or as little as you want. You know okay. uh, I know we're we're working on your schedule today, but uh, okay. yeah. no no we're good. Okay, I'll touch on I'll touch on five, and and you can't get mad at me, but I but I got a bunch of five A's five I got some five A's five B's and some five C's. Okay, some ties because I think one mm-hmm. through four at least for me were kind of. Uh, easy to have one through four is that fifth spot. You had like three or four guys, right? So I'll hit on I'll hit on these top five real quick, and then there's a few guys who I think could make could you know blend in the top five by the end of the season. But I think coming into it, I think number five I have Curtis, Curtis Rourke uh, from Ohio, and you know Mac play, offensive player of the year last year uh, got hurt towards in the season. A brother was a legend there, uh, but I think Rourke is, is a stud and he fits that offense perfectly. And he's a guy that maybe has some next level potential, um, c- can run, can throw, can do a little bit of everything that he's supposed to do. I think with that fifth position, it was so tough for me to choose just one. Uh, so I also had Carter Bradley from South Alabama. He was a huge reason why South Alabama had such a good year last year. Uh, and so he, you know, transfer from what Toledo, I believe, uh, and he just had a huge year last year. So you can build on that. And then the, 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 the five C, if you will, was, uh, Siobhan Cordero from San Jose State, who we mentioned a little bit, playing USC this year. Uh, top returning Mountain West quarterback in the league right now. Uh, you know, 23 TDs, six picks, uh, you know, took care of the ball. Surely he can run some too, right? So those are my top, those are number five. I tied for number five, so I cheated. I'm sorry, I apologize. Number four, uh, I have Austin Reed from Western Kentucky. Uh, put up huge numbers, right? Just like like Billy Zappi did, you know, some recently. Uh, but the transfer from that D2 school, I think it was North Florida. I know one of y'all can probably correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong. West, but, but yeah. West Florida. Okay, look at me, see. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but Austin Reed, you know, huge numbers. He, he's a guy who was rumored to, you know, be, be power five looking, if you will. Be rumored to be hitting the transfer portal and hitting the power five. So that's how highly that, that – People thought about him. He had a great season last year, though. Uh, and then after that, I got Michael Pratt at number three. Again, Tulane almost pulled that big upset off of them the season. Uh, really took the next step this past season and kind of put everything together. I think he's a good example of he was kind of up and down his first few years starting. And then once he found some consistency, I think it just showed, one, his level of play, and then two, the success that Tulane had. I have him at number three. 
Number two, I got my guy Frank Harris. Um, you know, if you're a group of five fan, there's no need to go into the details. But if you're not, you need to make sure you check him out. He's one of the best quarterbacks who just developed overall. And we had their quarterback coach on, uh, Coach Davis, a few weeks ago on, on our QB Spotlight podcast. And he had just this incredible things to say about Frank Harris and not even just his his physical ability and talent, but just the, the, the mental preparation, the effort he puts into the game. So I think that shows uh, that shows that his level of play has, has really been you know at the top of not just a group of five level, but one of the top quarterbacks, at least statistically speaking, in all of college football. And then number one, I think it, for me, is kind of a no-brainer with uh, with Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. Uh, it's hard to to top what he's done at, at this level the past few seasons. Uh, and kind of like Michael Pratt and, and Austin Reed, other Power 5 schools were rumored to want him to come you know, into the portal and, and transfer over there, right? So he had a lot, a lot of rumors. So I think his biggest thing is this new coaching staff uh, being kind of, kind of put into Coastal Carolina. But you know, if you have if you're a new coaching staff, you have Coastal Carolina's quarterback Grayson McCall. That makes things a little bit easier as a coach. So again, just to just kind of recap, I got Curtis Warwick, Carter Bradley, and Cordero at number five. This is a kind of tie. That's a cop out answer. I apologize. And then I got Austin Reed at four, Michael Pratt at three, Frank Harris at two, and Grayson McCall at number one. And then a few guys who could make that list by the end of the season: Casey Thompson at FAU, depending on the season; Preston Stone at SMU. Uh, just a guy who, who he could he could be at the very top of this list if things go according to you know the the, the hype they're getting and then I think Hake Bachmeyer if he can finally live up to the expectations like we talked about he has a chance to break those uh, that top of five but yeah that that's that's what I got I know it's more like eight than five so I apologize but uh, but yeah that's what I got no worries man um, I I have a few thoughts and Eric feel free to to jump in if if you do as well but um, what about uh, Curtis Rourke specifically, uh, I believe he's the preseason Mac offensive player of the year. Um, you mentioned, you know, the next level capability there. I think if, if he doesn't, um, you know, sneak into to the draft as a, you know, a, a backup somewhere in, in that league uh, for the NFL, I think he's got a future in, in Canada, his home country as well. Um, but what, what about uh, his game right now you think keeps him out of that, you know, that true number five position or, or even higher he he probably should be higher, but uh, he probably is a legit the legit number five. I just think Bradley and Cordero are are, are, are arguable to put in. Um, but I, th- I think with, with with Warwick, you know, coming back from injury, but he had at the end of the season last year, obviously is is, is number one. Um, and you know, we're, we're able to see him. I think he just got announced today or recently this week that he's for sure clear to play against San Diego State this week. Actually, week zero. I apologize. Um, but with, but with him, it's just like he really did everything well last year pushed the ball downfield his yards per attempt were over nine i believe kind of that range took care of the football uh you know was able to run as well i, th- I think his, his td to interception ratio was like a four to one five to one range while pushing the ball downfield that's something i always look for is like what's the yards per attempt uh and then how many interceptions do they have compared to the, to the touchdown passes and so usually if your yards per attempt are fairly high and your interceptions are low it tells us you're doing a good job of taking care of the football and not just dinking and dunking right so i think i think that kind of uh, is what you know separates him from maybe the other two guys that are in that in that top five. Uh, yeah, Curtis Work. I think he's a stud. You could probably you could argue him being top two or three, most likely, right? Just whatever your kind of cup of tea is for the quarterback position. And admittedly, I don't watch as many Matt games as I do the other conferences. So that's kind of why I put Work at five and not higher. What else are you doing on Tuesdays? <laughs> well, this this week or this year, I'll have Conference USA, right? Uh, sure. So, so I have an excuse this year, but uh, I, I watch Mac just uh, not as intensely, admittedly, as you know 
Mount West, Sunbelt, Conference USA, and, and the American. Gotcha. Joe, Joe, the the man is not only a father and, and a devoted husband. He's you know an entrepreneur and a businessman and a pillar to the community here in Travis County. I mean, please, <laughs> he's got a million things going on. My guy, E, thank you. <laughs> I am I am none of those things. I am a pillar. <laughs> I mean, I don't. You, you I don't are. Even have, you are, are you, have you stopped being a husband, Joe? In the time between last. The okay, last you're right. I got one. I got one out of five. <laughs> I haven't stopped being a husband since we talked last, but we'll see. That's good. There's, Keep that going. There's man. an hour and a half left in the day where I'm at, so we'll see if I make it to midnight. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, you had Grayson McCall at your number one. Uh, does the injury history there give you pause at all, or you feel pretty good about that? Not necessarily, because even with the injuries, I mean. If it, like he's played through and for the most part last year, he's playing bang, he's played banged up, right? For you know, he, he has missed some time, right? But still, when he's on the field, I think he's he's number one right now. I think it's hard to to take that up, take that over unless you know you're a diehard Western Kentucky or Tulane type fan. Uh, but yeah, I think I think McCall is number one, and, and I think the fact that he had so much hype and there were so much rumors around like Power Five schools wanting him to enter the transfer portal or wanting him to. I think he entered and then went back, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so the fact there was so much hype and rumors around there kind of tells us that that he was thought pretty highly of by by not just the G5 community, but all of college football. Um, to bring it back to uh, Michael Pratt, I mean, based on you know my talking to to people within the program, it really seems like his best football is is still ahead of him. You know, I you mentioned you know, how, you know, young he was and kind of the lack of experience seems like he spent a lot of this offseason, you know, working with the receivers and continuing to kind of build that skill set. Um, what are you most excited about in terms of, you know, how he's going to improve this year? Supposedly? Yeah, I, I, I think the the biggest thing, maybe not even an improvement thing, but but just the repeatability thing, right? Like just being able to repeat what happened last year, being able to be repeat the consistency that happened last year. And if, if again, with that offense, that team, if, if he's able to repeat what he did, chances are the team's able to have similar success they had last year. If he is a down year or, or if he's not able to to reach the same ceiling-ish that he had last year, then, you know, Tulane's probably going to be down a notch or two as well, right? So I think it all relies on on, on him to an extent. Uh, but I don't think it's anything like special or fancy or, hey, you got to do this better or this better. I just think, hey, repeat what you just did. Like last year was a hell of a year. Let's just repeat it. If you repeat it, chances are things are going to be good for one is future and then two, two lanes future. So not a sexy or, or a real dive into answer. Just repeat what you did last year. It certainly helps when your center comes back with sincere Hansworth as well. Uh, my, my last question about your top five, uh, Austin Reed at four. I think that's the one that I think uh, certain people, especially in, in the Mid-South and the Bowling Green region, would uh, maybe take issue with. Cons just considering the numbers and the amount of times mm -hmm. that uh, Reed throws the ball and how active he is in that system. Um, is there maybe something about uh, maybe the system or, or his game that maybe keeps him uh, at that four spot? Or is it, or do you think that's it's justified based on the work he's put in? Yeah, I think if you put him between two, three, and four, it's all justified. Like I think, I think for me, my set set list is like like Grayson is number one, and then I think two, three, four, five. You could interchange it if I'm being honest with you, right? Like 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 the only like you could have Pratt at four, Reed at two, uh, Harris at three. I think I think you really have a combination of ways you can do this. So I don't think there's anything that that Reed necessarily would have to do to get in that top few. I just think it's depending on who you ask. Like if you want to get real critical, you could say, Hey, you know, it's an offensive thing, you know, this and that you only started one year, you got to do it again. Sure. Uh, 
but but at the same time, I think it's justifiable to put, to put them at number two. Uh, I think if you're a Western Kentucky fan, sure, I think you can try to put them at number one, right? I just think it's hard to top Grayson McCall being the top guy coming back in the G5. Uh, but yeah, Austin Reed, anywhere fair game, two, three, four, uh, I think is, is fair for him. And, you know, I, if someone said, hey, if someone said, um, you know, Austin Reed is is, is, a, is for sure number two and gave all these reasons why, then, 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 then sure. Uh, I don't think that there's a huge argument or huge differencing, differencing factors between uh, Pratt, Reed, or Frank Harris, or even Curtis Warwick, if you wanted to, 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 be, to throw that in there, right? I think those guys are kind of all interchangeable between two through five. The, the cool thing, I think, about everybody that you just met, named is, I think, I don't think any of these guys have hit their ceiling yet. I think we're all going to at least at one point um, talk about their future as professionals. Obviously not everybody will get that opportunity, but I think all those guys you named um, incredibly high character dudes. And um, again, everybody on there, I think this is like the year of the deep ball. Almost everybody that you named uh, has really like, it seems like arm strength has always obviously been important for quarterbacks, but like, more and more you see that that deep ball becoming uh, a nice little weapon for uh, some of these G5 guys especially. Yep. No, I, I agree. I had a um, with, with the with the quarterbacks that we've had on our show and the, the quarterback coaches we've had on our show, one thing I like to ask them is like what separates like group of 5 quarterbacks from power 5 quarterbacks? Like is it really that big of a difference? And most of the answers are like, you know, you, you have your like blue chip five-star guys where it's like night and day, you can tell like arm strength size talent everything is there it's a huge separation but then they said for the most part all these g5 starters that are, that are you know having good success they could start the power five level for a lot of teams but for whatever reason they were just under recruited didn't get the opportunity something happened that didn't allow them to, to get that next level right so i think the fact that we're having so much good group of five quarterback play uh and, and hearing those guys say you know there's really not that big of a difference between a g5 and a power five guy and for a lot of things, um, it's kind of like a, a, a solidifying factor in the fact that like these G5 quarterbacks can still spin it. We've all talked about that for the past few years now, especially with what y'all are doing, what, what we've done is covering th- this level of competition. Uh, I think this is a special year. This is this is a year uh, that there are a lot of just really good returning quarterbacks coming back. Like you have like five guys who you could argue is the number one guy. Uh, so I think it's an exciting year if you're a quarterback fan and if you're a quarterback fan of you know the group of five level. All right, Steve. So we've run through the week zero games. We've run through a kind of you know, list of your top G5 guys entering the year. But, you know, you are a veteran of this podcast. You've been on a time or two and you kind of know how Joe and I like to get down. But I'm going to give this preface, this disclaimer for those of you who are just finding our podcast. Of course, for those of our listeners who are in our previous form, you know that we like to end things with a fun note. But for those of you who are just joining Joe in his Athlon endeavor, we do like to end things on a bit of a fun note with our guests and ask a, a question or two that might be outside of the wheelhouse. So, Steve. Coming at you here, I, w- I want to ask you this. Um, who is your favorite group of five quarterback of all time and why? Wow. That's big time, huh? Man. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, I, I got one for you. Um, off the top of my head, maybe if I, had, if, I, if I had more time to think, I may have a different answer. But off the top of my head, I'm actually going James Morgan from FIU. And the reason oh, why was, but okay. yeah, the, the, the reason why was, was this damn, who is this so fun to watch, right? Uh, like so fun to, to watch throw the football. This is such a natural throw the football, strong arm. There's a reason why he was drafted at FIU. And it's because he threw the ball like an NFL quarterback. So if you're just talking about, if we're just talking about uh, just 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 enjoying watching someone throw, it might be James Morgan. And the fact, like, 
they were like, like he elevated FIU in, in such a big way. It was fun to watch and fun to see. And, and he made everyone else around him better. Uh, so man, he might be my favorite group of five quarterback to that, 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 that I've watched, at least as of late, right. You know, you have your Casey Keenum, you know, Andy Dalton, when he was at TCU before TCU moved up, sure. so you have all those guys, right. But if I'm just talking about maybe the past five years, uh, James Morgan's going to be up there. I, I really liked watching, uh, Jamar, Jamar Smith from, uh, from law tech a few years yeah. back, he had a good senior season. Um, so yeah, man, like, like. I, I'd probably go James Morgan. Heck, I even liked Chris Robinson from FAU. I know things didn't end up how that he wanted to, but man, he he was a cat who came in and you know was with Lane Kiffin and helped elevate that program. So I know I answered like three quarterbacks, but if I no, had to pick funny. one of the past five years, man, probably probably James Morgan, uh, him or you know what Carson Strong from Nevada, he's up there too. Jordan Love from Utah State, he was up there too. Uh, but yeah, we'll stick with James Morgan from from FIU just for the simple fact watching him spin the ball was fun. Well, a couple part response to that one, again, for new listeners to this podcast, uh, I don't think we can mention the previous outlet, but just Google Joe's name and James Morgan or Google my name and James Morgan and the word podcast. You should be able to find uh, the podcast. I think we had Joe, we had JMO on twice, right? At least once, probably twice. Yeah, I think we had JMO on prior to his senior year and then um, after uh, entering the draft. Um, you know, again, for those of you who may not know, I covered FIU for five seasons prior to now my role with 24-7 Sports. And uh, I, I will say this, for anyone who heard the name James Morgan off Steve's tongue and, and, and was surprised, I covered every game of James's career at FIU. And I watched a lot of his tape at Bowling Green. The ball jumped off his arm. I mean, if you're just talking about a pure passer or someone who can make all the throws, as, as Steve said, there's a reason the guy was drafted in the fourth round. So I cannot be mad at that question, at that answer at all. Last one for you, Steve, before I, I toss it back to Joe to wrap this one up, a non-football question, but uh, just to bring the listeners in, of course, Steve is a, is a very good friend of mine. I've known Steve for a while now. We've kicked it in Florida, kicked it in Texas, you know, I, I chopped it up, had a great time. And one of the things about uh, Mr. Stephen Hamner is he is a noted uh, Houstonian and a noted uh, Houston hip hop fan. That's so right. Steve, uh, I am asking you, uh, not your top five Houston hip hop artists. I just want to know, Steve, you just, you know, your call, no, no criteria, just top five, uh, hip hop artists, uh, mm. as Joe has leaned back in his chair because it appears he is going to fade out of this, <laughs> this segment for a bit. Go ahead, Steve. All right. So, so not top five Houston rappers or just rappers in general, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. Uh, man. So my favorite rapper is a rapper named Lecrae. He's actually from Houston, but he's not considered a Houston rapper, but he's someone that uh, anytime he has something new come, come out, I'll listen to him. It's kind of underground-ish, but he's got some, some good stuff out there. Uh, Tupac's a guy you'll find my, on my, on, on played a lot on our, on our, uh, in the gym that we have here that, that we train people at. Tupac will be up there. Uh, Bun B, UGK, um, Zero. Uh, I was real big into Slim Thug. Those are all Houston rappers. If you don't know Houston rap, just just go check out Mo City Dom by Zero. That's like the the Houston anthem, if you will. Um, but yeah, those are those are probably going to round up. Uh, yeah, Le Lecrae's number one. Tupac's up there. Uh, I think Eminem's probably a, a, up there as well. I, mean, I could go on. I'm not going to talk y'all's head off with this. But yeah, those, those are a few rappers to go to that that you can find on our our playlist and stuff that we like to check out and listen to. So Joe, Eric, let me does talk it, to, does it or, surprise no, go you? Ahead, to, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. Does it surprise you to hear that I've heard of all but one of those guys? Um, surprise? Yeah, I, I won't lie. I won't lie. You are the same person who, who did not know that Two Live Crew was from Florida. So you know, I, I fair enough. I, 
<laughs> I will say surprise, but Joe, I was going to toss it back to you on this. Uh, the reason I asked that question, I, I knew hip hop would mm -hmm. be down Steve's alley is, um, so Brett McMurphy, you know, does this great series each year where he, he asks each college football coach their favorite musical artists, right? And he, he had this list of Brent Venables. Um, of course, we're taking a shift from the from the G5 for a second, but Brent Venables, Mike Gundy, Sonny Dykes, Steve Sarkeesian, Joey McGuire, Gus Malzahn, and Neil Brown. And I went and looked to see, you know, who some of their favorite artists would be. So what Brett did was guess this artist to pair it to the coach right you know you don't get an answer you just guess which artist and try to pair it to the coach from that list who do you think is is least or most likely to be the tupac and jay-z fan i'm just curious uh joe i'll let you go first <laughs> uh i am going to take a wild guess and say sark is not the jay-z fan okay and steve what, what about you I would say my my guess would be the least likely I would say is Mike Gundy. I I would say the least likely Mike Gundy or Gus Malzahn. Um, I have not gone back and checked yet, but I'm just telling you right now, uh, if Gus Malzahn or if you know Sonny Dykes are listening to Tupac or Jay Z, I will be stunned. My gut tells me that Sark, being the West Coast guy he is, is probably the Tupac fan. And I'm going to take a guess just based on age that Neil Brown is the Jay-Z fan. But uh, I have nice. not looked that up. So we'll, we'll have to see. Joe. But yeah, <laughs> that, that was my reasoning for, for asking uh, Steve that question as I toss it back to you to finish this one up. I'm looking at some of these other ones now. Shout out to Wake Forest Dave Clawson with the Talking Heads. Great one. Hmm. Throwing it all the way back. David Byrne. Anyway, I'm the white guy on the show. Uh, let's toss things. You're correct. Back. You're correct. Really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's wrap things up. Uh, Steve, where can people find you on social media and where's the easiest place to find your excellent podcast? Yeah, we, I, I'm just QB Spotlight on on Twitter. Uh, no Instagram, no Facebook, not very good with that stuff, but we are active on Twitter. And then uh, our YouTube channel, QB Spotlight as well. We put out you know, quarterback content on a weekly basis. And we have the the podcast where we have current and former players come on and coaches come on. And now the season's starting up, we'll be covering the season a bit more. And you can find the QB Spotlight podcast on Apple, Spotify, and hopefully other places as well. Uh, not, not a very good plug in for my podcast, but it's out there. So yeah, QB spotlight and uh, you know, if you like quarterback stuff, you know, feel free to give us a, a follow. It really is great, man. Keep up the good work. And uh, if you want to follow uh, Eric and myself at Joe Hio underscore Eric is at Eric C Henry underscore at G five football daily is the show's account on uh, Instagram and TikTok. Uh, Steve Hamner, man. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your insight, and hopefully we'll get to talk to you soon at uh, some other point this season. Then. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. QB Spotlight. Such a good show. Such a good dude. Next couple episodes, we're talking Liberty. We're talking UTSA. We're talking... Navy, we're talking Charlotte. Some big names in G5 football, you don't want to miss it. Happy football watching, everybody. Mm -hmm.